Well, good morning. Happy early Easter morning to you all. Uh, One of the neat things about God's Word is that you can read a passage over and over again, and sometimes something new pops out. You're like, how did I never see that before? How did I never notice that? And as I was thinking about this morning, I I read a verse just like that, which is at, at one point really heartbreaking and tragic, and on another level, really beautiful. And it causes us to think about, to reflect on, what would that night have been like for the followers of Christ after he was crucified? Those two nights before he rose again, what would that have been like for them? What would they have been going through? So I'm going to read just a few verses. Some of the saddest verses, I think, in Scripture from Matthew 27. I'm going to read for you verses 57 through 61. This is talking about the burial of Christ. When it was evening, there came a rich man from Arimathea named Joseph, who also was a disciple of Jesus. He went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. Then Pilate ordered it to be given to him. And Joseph took the body and wrapped it in a clean linen shroud and laid it in his own new tomb, which he had cut in the rock. And he rolled a great stone to the entrance of the tomb and went away. And this is the verse that I never noticed before, it just... Uh, tragic and beautiful. Mary Magdalene and the other Mary were there sitting opposite the tomb, watching as the stone was closed on their Savior. Would you pray with me this morning? Lord, open up your word and teach us. Teach us on this beautiful Easter morning what you have done and the hope that we have. We ask that you would be honored and glorified by all that happens here this morning. And we pray this in the name of Christ. Amen. So a little bit of what I thought when I read those verses is this is probably the darkest night imaginable. The most tragic night that had ever occurred for any group of people in all of human history. Consider the context. Just days before, Christ had come into the city triumphantly. People were laying down palm branches saying, Hosanna! The Deliverer is here. The followers of Christ had watched Him heal, conquer death by raising Lazarus, miracles. They had seen literally the Kingdom of God coming. People that had been under oppression for so long over so many foreign powers, who had lived in silence waiting for God to speak for so many years, finally Finally, they saw the one, the Messiah, the one that would deliver them, the one that they could hope for. He was here and they saw it and they knew it. That is how high their hopes were. Elated. And then they watch as their hopes are humiliated, betrayed, and left hanging from a Roman torture device, dying. From the highest hopes to the darkest night imaginable. And then from beyond that scene of watching him publicly shamed and murdered, they go to watching his lifeless body carried and placed in a cutout rock. And as the stone rolls and thuds into place, you can imagine there is a jarring note of finality in their minds. Our hope is dead. Our hope is gone. Can you imagine what it would have been like for them? It would have been the darkest 
night imaginable. I mean, what do you think they were thinking? I mean, do you think they would have ever wanted to hope again? If it were you, would you have ever looked for another one to come and deliver God's people? Or would you thought, well, if this is what happens to the one we think is the Messiah, what's the point? I'm guessing they wondered if the light of hope would ever shine in their lives again. It was the darkest night imaginable. Now, you and I, we were not there. Some of you may feel old getting out of bed at 6 a.m. this morning, but you're not that old. We weren't there. But we know what it's like to go through some dark nights. And sometimes for us, too, it feels like the darkest night imaginable. It feels like, will hope ever come? Will I ever see the dawn? We know what it's like to feel the darkness of our own sin. To think, how could I be back in this place again? How, how could I be in this same pattern? Will I ever get out of this? Will I ever stop acting like a knucklehead? Or does this thing just own me? And this is what life is like now. We know what it's like to feel the darkness of wounds from others. Of someone as close to you as a spouse that can betray you through words that cut so deeply, through inconsiderate actions, or sometimes even the neglect of inaction. We know the wounds from words from family that seem to know how to just get in our soft spots and turn the knife sometimes. We know the wounds from friends, from people we trust who abandon us at the times we need them most, or use us, or sometimes just flat out betray us. We know what it's like to feel the darkness of those nights. And we know what it's like to feel the darkness of just living in a fallen, broken world. The phone call that comes in the middle of the night after which nothing will ever be the same. Sitting and having that conversation in the doctor's office and somehow feeling like they just uh, vacuumed out all the air out of the room because now you suddenly can't breathe. The darkness of living in a broken world when you're brought into your boss's office and they say, we're going in another direction that you're probably not going to be a part of. The darkness of losing loved ones far too soon. The darkness of the longings to be known and to be loved for some that go unfulfilled for far too long. For some of us, We have lived through, and for some of us, we are in the darkest night imaginable where we wonder, is the light going to shine again? Am I going to know hope, or is this where we're at? And a small caveat, if you happen to be here this morning and you don't know what we're singing about with this whole Jesus thing, you don't know, okay, I'm not sure if I believe that he actually was the Son of God that came down, God in flesh, who came as my sacrifice, as my substitute. If that's not true for you, if that's not what you trust in, you're still in the darkest night imaginable. And so I'll say with love, but also with urgency, the only way that hope can shine out of that is Christ. Because what we've done has, has separated us from God. Because we're not perfect. We blow it all the time, every one of us. And if our hope's not in Him, really all that we can look forward to is more separation 
and deeper darkness in the future. But for all of us this morning, there's a pretty great hope. Just as the sun is at some point rising behind us, around us with the clouds here, but just as the sun will rise today, the story doesn't end. The scene continues with the ladies going to the tomb of Christ uh, with spices, with preparations for his body, looking to give one last act of love, one last act of devotion to the one who carried their now shattered hopes. And they hear some of the best words in all of human history. They go to the tomb, and remember, they know which tomb it was. They will never forget watching that stone close off the body of Christ. They go and they hear an angel say to them, What are you doing? Why are you looking for the living among the dead? He's not here. He has risen, just like he said. On the darkest night imaginable, the light of Christ broke through for them, just as it breaks through for us. The good news this morning is that Jesus isn't dead. He is risen. And because of that, we have hope. Because the empty tomb is a guarantee that He won. That sin, that death, those have all been defeated. That Satan and the powers of darkness, those do not stand a chance because Christ has won. And in rising from the dead... He is bringing forth His kingdom that we now see that one day will come and sweep through and remove everything that is broken and wrong and our darkest nights of this life will be healed. It is coming. And we know that because the tomb is empty. Now that does not mean there's not struggle. Some of you may be sitting there you're like, that's great. It still really hurts. It still really feels pretty shadowy over where I'm at. But we can carry on. We can keep going because we know, we know the hope that we have. We know how the story ends and we know that Christ has won. And we know that even if we can't see it, that the morning has broken. Even if we can't see it, that the light is around us and dawn is coming. And we will soon see the light of Christ in its fullness. So we can carry on. We can keep going because He has risen. That is the good news for you this morning. For you, Christian, because Christ has risen, there is no sin struggle so deep, so shameful that He cannot conquer. There is no night so dark, so deep, so inescapable that the light of Christ cannot shine hope into. And sometimes we're not going to see a lot of it. But we know, we know the story We know what's coming, and we know we have hope. And so that is my reminder, my encouragement to you this morning. And my my prayer for each of us is that the light of Christ may so shine in our lives that we have hope, that we remember that the dawn has come and that Christ has won. Beloved Friends, family, He is risen. And He has won the victory for us that conquers our darkest nights. Would you pray with me? 
Jesus, thank you that you are not in a tomb somewhere, that you have risen and you advocate for us with the Father, and that there is nothing that can separate us from your love. There is no nothing in life, nothing in death, no struggle that will ever separate us so far that you don't love us if we trust in you and you don't call us your beloved child. Thank you. May we hope in that way. May we rest in nothing but the permanence, the guarantee that you have won and that you love us and that you are coming again. Thank you for this hope. Thank you for shining a light into the darkness of our lives. We praise you for it. We rejoice this morning. In Christ's name, amen.